I'm changing my pronouns a little bit. Um, so for the he, she alternative, instead of pay, it's paint. So now it's paint, paints, paint self. I just think it's easier and it flows better. multiple students come out to me, not just with their sexuality, but also with their gender identity. It's one of the reasons I think it's so important to be out and loud and proud so that people feel comfortable coming to me and talking to me because I don't know how much different my life would have been if I had had somebody to come talk to about this kind of stuff. My hope is that every student will have somebody that they can talk to about this. Also, by the way, with the Little Mermaid, can, can we also just mention that just from, from, a, from a scientific perspective, okay, it doesn't make a lot of sense to have someone with darker skin who lives deep in the ocean. What scientific fucking perspective? It's a story about a mermaid. Those don't even exist. There's an octopus lady that steals people's voices and a singing Jamaican crab. Who gives a fuck? My name is Professor Lionel Longlegs. My pronouns are they, fair, fairs, it, 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 and they, them is just fine. So if you wanted to refer to me, you would say Faye is a drag storyteller. It loves to read. And some of their favorite books are Where the Wild Things Are and From the Stars in the Sky to the Fish in the Sea. And I have been reading with Drag Storyteller, with Drag Story Hour, for a year and a half. And my drag character is a drag thing that can be anything in the world. Today I'm space, a lot of times I'm a notebook or a car, all sorts of wonderful things. I'm going to be teaching you how to use prince, princess pronouns and sentences. Today I'm going to be teaching you how to use shark, sharks pronouns and sentences. Today I'm going to be teaching you how to use flower, flowers pronouns and sentences. Today I'm going to be teaching you how to use wolf, wolf's pronouns and sentences. Today I'm going to be teaching you how to use paint, paints pronouns and sentences. Today I'm going to be teaching you how to use cat, cats pronouns. Today I'm going to be teaching you how to use that, that's pronouns and sentences. Today I'm going to be teaching you how to use the, verb, viz pronouns and sentences. Today I'm going to be teaching you how to use thon, thon's pronouns and sentences. Today I'm going to be teaching you how to use zay, zem pronouns and sentences. Today I'm going to be teaching you how to use shroom, shroom pronouns oh thank you so much for asking about my pronouns everyone misgenders me on my comments and it means so much that you asked and you're trying to be respectful so i love you for that so i use the pronoun zezer um i chose these pronouns because in my head they them as a non-binary person means like like no gender but zezer for me feels like it's um, like sliding, like Z and Zer, very similar to he and him and she and her, and I just preferred that. Um, so obviously Z can be used um, in replace of she, him, and they, and then Zer is used in replace of um, the other ones. I'm not like other boys. I'm a girl. Ed has always been more attracted to stereotypical girl toys or girl things. Is this what you've chosen to wear today, Eduardo? Yeah. Um, a cool 
queen. When did you learn what transgender was? The media told me. She said that I was transgender and I asked her what that means and she said that means you're half boy and half girl. I think I'm mostly a girl. Most of the negativity has come from online. It was probably a few months ago that she decided to change her name. Hi, I'm Edie. This is all my dresses and I wear this for my party, which is my favourite. I don't know what next year is going to be like, you know? I don't know is hormone therapy where we're going to go. But now you've shown yourself that no matter who you are, your parents are going to love you. Yesterday, an English teacher brought their students into the library for first period. They were seventh graders, so they haven't been into the library yet. Three of them saw me and stopped dead. I love your shoes, they said, referring to my platform purple sparkly boots. I said, thank you. To the tallest one, I said, I used to wear pants like that. You know, the trip NYC pants with the straps and things. They thought that was the coolest thing. And the shorter one said, who are you? As if to say, where have you been all my life? It's first thing in the morning, I'm still drinking my coffee, and the library is full of students for the first time this year. So I'm just like, the English teacher goes, maybe you should introduce yourself to the student. So they introduce themselves, I introduce myself and, and what I do here. And now I have a trans baby bat fan club. Who am I? I'm your queer-coded goth fairy godmother. While we don't have CPS data on gender identity for students younger than middle school, we know that there are students in CPS classrooms as early as pre-K who identify as non-binary and trans. They deserve to feel supported at school just as much as older students. Research shows that children start to understand gender at a very early age. Around age two, children become conscious of the physical differences between cisgender boys and girls. And before their third birthday, most children can easily label themselves as their gender. By age four, most children have a stable sense of their gender identity. Early childhood educators should consider ways to expand children's understanding of gender by challenging traditional gender stereotypes. For example, by encouraging students to play with toys they like rather than toys based on gender stereotypes. Children who assert a gender diverse identity know their gender as clearly and consistently as their peers of the same developmental stage. This means that youth who are trans or non-binary have an equal understanding of their gender as cisgender youth. Gender diverse children deserve and benefit from the same level of support, love, and acceptance as their cisgender peers. What is normal? <laughs> what is normal? It's 2022. No one knows what normal is at this point. that title and it shows that I actually am like showing other showing other people and kids that being transgender isn't bad. You know as long as she's doing all the things that she needs to be doing we we want to make sure that um, we're supporting her dreams and the fact that she has this want to be an activist and be visible for other trans kids. Um, we know it's just so important in a world that, especially right now in our current political climate, that has so many things that are working against her kids like her.
We can promote a shame-free educational space by letting young people know that it's okay if they are curious. It's okay if they have watched porn and it's okay if they have thought about porn. I always make sure to say someone being curious about sex and or porn does not make them a bad person. It makes them human. It's so important we normalize that this is a natural human experience. And I also want to point, uh, make a point to share that not wanting to watch porn is also completely fine. There's no judgment and shame for not being curious. That's okay too. And we want to create environments in the classroom where students don't shame each other. So as an educator, my job is to provide information about sexual health and have students critically think by exploring all sides of an issue. Critical thinking skills are the largest component of porn literacy. It's the ability for young people to analyze and ask questions about the media that they're viewing. Critical thinking skills allow young people to understand the intention behind pornography. So much of sex education is reflecting on our values and beliefs in relation to a topic, and porn literacy is no exception. For facilitators, it's first important for them to reflect on their reasons for wanting to teach porn literacy. Do they want to teach porn literacy because they believe watching porn and by extension sex work is inherently bad and they want to stop young people from accessing it? That's unfortunately not going to lead to good conversations because it's pushing one agenda, that porn is bad. I've gotten a few variations of this comment, and so I figured I would just take a moment to talk about it in a quick video. Also, I was like dressed really cute, and I'm wearing my pronoun shirt, so I was like, it's perfect, let's do it. So for pronunciation, MX is pronounced like mix, like you're mixing things together. So it's mixed sequel, um, and when it comes to like introducing it to students, honestly, I um, don't really do too much with it. When students come to my door, uh, my placard outside my door says Mix Siegel and then my room number. On uh, my syllabus, I put Mix Siegel. My email is signature says Mix Siegel, um, as well as having my pronouns in parentheses. So whenever kids come in, they see my name on the door, they see my name on my syllabus. If they've emailed me, if parents have emailed me, they see that. So they'll ask, oh, how should I refer to you? And I'll say Mix Siegel is what you can use. And you can also just drop Mix and drop the honorific in general and just call me Siegel. That's what most of my students do really, especially the ones that are 
in theater that are around me all the time or students that I have looped with, most of them have just been like, hey Siegel, how's it going? Support has been amazing at my current school and location. Um, admin has been super supportive. They made me a new placard for my door whenever I was officially like, hey, these are my pronouns. Um, they changed all the uh, pronouns in my evaluation and all my documentation as well. They've been super supportive on that aspect. When it comes to students, 90% of them um, are totally chill with it. It's not an issue. Um, some kids will still call me Mr. Siegel, which for me is not a huge deal. I don't like, like it very much, but it's not something that I'm correcting them on. Honestly, other students correct students way more than I ever do. Um, they really are like, hey, that's not what they go by. They go by this. You should call them this, which I find very like heartwarming and I love it. And I'm just like, oh, thank you guys. Like the kids are all right. I'm gonna prove to you why white people are the reason I'm fat today. If white people didn't go looking for spices, then various sea routes to Indian subcontinent and Africa and other places of the world would not get discovered. And if they didn't get discovered, then East India Company would never come to Indian subcontinent. And if they didn't come, then the fertility of the land would not get destroyed because they forced us to cultivate tobacco and dyes and opioid, things like that, and that destroyed the fertility of my country. And then if that didn't happen and if they didn't exploit and extract resources until my ancestors were left with nothing to eat, we wouldn't move to this grain-heavy, very little nutritious diet that we have today. Also, if white people didn't come to the Indian subcontinent, then my ancestors would not go through 50 small, medium, large famines in a period of 200 years. That's a lot. And in 1943, nearly 3 million people would not have died due to starvation and malnutrition. And if that didn't happen, then this entire place um, and the people of this place would not adapt to survive on lower calories. We also wouldn't biologically be programmed to hold on to more fat because my genes, they always think, okay, you're gonna die. At some point, there's gonna be a famine, you will not have food, and you're gonna die. I would also not be prone to diabetes, heart, high blood pressure, um, heart diseases, and all that other things. So yeah, white people is the reason why I can't lose weight five things you can do as a teacher to create safer spaces in your classroom or your house really if you want to number one post a safe space sign like this one you can google it and then start unpacking what it means in your classroom to create safer spaces how do you handle pronouns someone being misgendered how do you teach your other kids to be an ally dead naming it's gonna happen what are you gonna do number two Start an LGBTQ organization in your school to support your staff and students, like this one. This is glsen.org. They will give the entire curriculum to you. It's very handy.
Number three. That was four. Number three. <laughs> Learn every day how to be a better ally. How to be anti-racist. Stand up against homophobia and transphobia. Ever hear your students say, that's so gay? You gotta shut that shit down. Don't know why pronouns are so important? Don't understand why students would get upset when they've been misgendered or deadnamed. You gotta unpack that. Here's number four. Integrate QT BIPOC and LGBTQ topics, writers, authors into, into your curriculum. <laughs> curriculum. Why? Because don't forget, Pride started out as, and continues to be, an act of resistance. Started by our black trans women. You have to acknowledge all the parts of a student's identity, because their experience will be different when they hold multiple intersections of identity, like being black and queer. I was just offered $400 to make an anti-Donald Trump propaganda post related to the January 6th investigation that is completely not true. I should start out this video by saying I'm not a Donald Trump supporter, so that should give a little bit of context to where I'm coming from. I'm an attorney. I post legal news and analysis on related topics. Okay, here we go with the story. So first thing first, I get an email from somebody with the Good Info Foundation. We'll talk about them a little more in a minute. I'm going to refer to this person as Jane. Jane sent me a message letting me know she represented the Good Info Foundation and that she was willing to offer a paid collaboration to discuss some topics related to January 6th. I said, sure, why not? I'll learn some more. Jane says the Good Info Foundation will give me $400 to make a post on my page and then share it to Instagram. So you see that blue link? All right, here, we're going to follow it. These are the specific requirements in order to obtain that $400 of how I should refer to the January 6th Capitol raid. Number one, I must call this a criminal conspiracy. Number two, I must say Trump Republicans were responsible. Number three, I must frame it as an attack on my country, an attack on America or Americans, a criminal conspiracy, and a committed crime. I must attribute the matter to MAGA Republicans. I must make clear that this was ongoing and unresolved. And most importantly, that I must channel all of this unto the manipulation of voter agency so that I could turn their anger around this event into defiance that would make people more likely to vote in midterms. And the thing that struck me the most was this part, where I was told to talk about the aspects of the Trump campaign's plan. And I was supposed to say that the Trump campaign paid literally millions of dollars to make January 6th happen. So I figured, you know, maybe I missed something. So I said, hey, Jane, what is the basis for the claim that the Trump campaign itself paid millions of dollars to make the January 6th siege of the Capitol happen? Jane doesn't answer the question. Hi, Preston. If you don't want to state that in the video, it's fine. You don't have to use all the bullet points provided. So I kept going. Sure, I'm just wondering if there's support for that claim. Jane doesn't answer again. Let me know if you are interested and the rate works for you. Thanks so much. I'm not interested, and the rate doesn't work for me. This is the Good Info Foundation. They boast on their homepage that good information is the lifeblood of a democracy. Okay, so first of all, I will say that the process, the journey is ongoing and probably will be for potentially her entire life. But here's how it started. So she was uh, designated, assigned, observed male at birth. And until about 18 months, didn't really you know, know too much, just kind of was raising two kids, working full time, not really paying attention to what was going on. 
And at around 18 months, started she started showing signs of like really being interested in things that her sister had and had in her closet and wanting to play dress up and wanting to put on lip gloss. And when she would see fingernails, she would want her fingernails painted too. And, you know, we just, we thought it was cute. No issue. We had no issue with, you know, her wanting to do those kinds of things. Um, and then around the age of two, things started to progress at a quicker pace. And so each time that we would go to pick her up from preschool, she was fully outfitted in dresses and jewelry. And so I will say I was super stoked that we had such a wonderful childcare center that she was in because she was allowed to, you know, experiment with her gender and play dress up and do those kinds of things and have access to them. So when I would go to pick her up from preschool, like I said, she would be dripping in, you know, just jewelry and clicky shoes and all kinds of stuff. And getting her to take that off to go home was usually a pretty gnarly struggle. Uh, and then pr around the age of four, she started wanting to wear like leggings and headbands. She had this one headband she was completely attached to that she felt, I, I look back on it now and think to myself, gosh, I wonder when she put that, that headband on, she thought to herself, people see me for who I am. No one's going to misgender me now. Um, and so it, it progressed. It just kept moving in that direction with more and more things that started showing more and more signs. Um, she would say, when I wake up tomorrow, I'll be a girl. And we were kind of like, oh, okay, yeah. And my husband and I would be like, we got we to gotta figure this thing out. And so kind of for that final test, my husband decided, you know what? We're going to figure this thing out. We're, we're going we're gonna to tap into this and see what happens. So he said, you know, I'm going to coach a t-ball team and I want her to be on it. And so I was like, all right, let's do it. Well, that didn't go over so well. She not only hated T-ball, she hated the uniform, she hated the hat. We found everything in the trash multiple times. Um, she was, a, you couldn't get her out the door uh, to go play on Saturday mornings. And so uh, eventually I thought at one point, well, okay, well, what if I let you wear your leggings and a tank top underneath and we can, as soon as the game's over, you can take your uniform off. And she was like, okay. So she wore the headband, she didn't wear the hat, she wore the headband, she wore the clothes underneath her uniform and she would go to the game and she would stand there and as soon as it was like game over, she would rip those clothes, you know, that uniform off and stand and proud in her tank top and her leggings. Um, and very shortly after that, she told us she was a girl and we believe her. That's problematic!